You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today, we are starting a brand new series. I'm so excited called Hello, My Name Is. And this is a series that is all about identity. And I don't know if you know this, but we live in a world that's constantly trying to tell you who you are always trying to put a label on you. And here's why, because labels often create limitations. Like labels put you in a box and say, this is who you are. But what we're gonna do in this series is we're gonna open up God's word and we're gonna allow God to speak to us and let God tell us who we are. And here's kind of the big idea. And here's why it's so important that we understand who God says that we are. Because here's this principle, and I believe this with all my heart is that when you know who you are, you will know what to do. And it's really important for you to know who you are so that you can know what to do. In other words, that when you understand who God says that you are, like your God-given identity, it will drastically impact how you live your day-to-day life. And here's the truth. All of us in our day-to-day lives, we all wear a lot of labels. I like to put it this way, that we all wear different hats. For example, like, like because we're in church and because it's the good Christian thing to do, like part of who we are is like, I am a Christian. That's who I am. I go to church. I've made the decision to follow Jesus. I am a Christian. Some of you wear this label, but there's other labels that we wear as well. For many of us in here, like I am a spouse. I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a wife. Some of us, we wear this, is that I am a parent. That's who I am, I'm a mom, I'm a dad. Some of you in here, maybe for you, you get the honor and privilege of having this label of a grandparent. I have a, I, I, I have a papa and mimi. <laughs> my dad, my dad's a, he's obviously a granddad because we have kids and uh, he, he likes to go by the name Boompa. I mean, so some of you may just boom pa right there, but some of you are grandparent. Many of us are where this label is that, you know what, we're a sibling. That's who we are. Like we're, we're, a, we're a brother, we're a sister. Almost all of us, I would say that we all wear this label, which is we're a friend. That's who we are. Like, like we all are friends to other people. And many of us, especially this time of year, Maybe you'd say, you know what? This is part of who I am. I am a sports fan. Yeah. Come on, UC. Like, I'm a UC fan. No? Okay, cool. Um, way, way to represent. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And no, I'm a Xavier fan. That's who I am right here. No? Come on. NKU? Just know anybody? Yeah, yeah, come on. Right there. How about something that unifies us all? Like, I'm a Bengals fan. That's who I am right here. Who I am. And so we all wear labels like this. But, you know, honestly, I think this one's a huge one. Is that many of us say, you know, I am just what I do. So, I, like, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm in ministry. That's what I do. It's, I am my job. So I'm a, I'm a nurse. I'm a doctor. I'm a teacher. I am an entrepreneur. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm in business. That's, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a student. 
I'm a stay-at-home mom. I, I'm retired. I, I am what I do. And maybe some of us, we even find a little bit of our identity and we find a label in what I have. So I am the neighborhood that I live in, the zip code that I have, and I am the house that I live in, the car that I drive, the technology that I use. And maybe for some of us, part of a label that we have is that I am my, my family of origin. I am my last name. And because when you have this last name, it carries a certain responsibility and a certain reputation. And you know, like our family, you just have to be this. Or maybe on the very unhealthy side, it's maybe those unhealthy patterns that you've seen generationally over and over again. My dad was this, my grandparent was that. And so it's just kind of who I'm going to be is I'm just going to be just like that. And so part of label that we have is our family of origin, or maybe it's even like who I am is my relationship status. That's part of who I am. You know, I'm, I'm married. I'm divorced. I'm engaged. I'm dating. I'm single. I'm scoping and hoping today at church, just working that lobby, getting in 10 groups. There's no shame in my game. It's like, no, it's a label that we have. That this is who I am. Here's a big one that I see a lot, especially with a certain generation, is that I am my personality type. <laughs> I've taken all the tests, all the assessments, and that's who I am. I am my Enneagram number. I'm an eight. It's who I am. I am, I am my Myers-Briggs. I am all the different tests. and I'm go, You can even go to GrowTrack and we'll give you one. And you'll be like, that's who I am. I'm a disc test. That's, that's who I am. And sometimes we say, it's a label that we wear. And others, other ones that, that we wear is I am my ethnicity. I am my gender. Is that another? I, I, am, I am my sexuality. I am my political party. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I am, no, no cheering on those, okay? People uh, <laughs> are like, yeah! Say, yeah, no, 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 no. No, 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 okay. <laughs> Here's a big one. I'm my past. I'm what's been done to me. Like I've been hurt. And there's... There's been things that happened in my past and they just define so much of who I am, all the ways I've been hurt and disappointed. Maybe it's I am my mistakes. It's a label that we wear. If you only knew the mistakes that I made in the past, like my struggles, my addictions, I just don't have an addiction. I am an addict. And I just don't make mistakes. I am a mistake. It is part of who I am. Maybe on the other side of the, the coin, it's like, no, I am my successes. I'm, I stand on all the things that I did well. And that is who I am. I am that, that I'm a good worker because of the promotion that I got. And, you know, we all know the guys like, I won state back in high school. That's who I am. You know, I'm a state champ. Uh, that's who I am. And so we all wear so many labels. And truth is, like, so many more than this. 
And by the way, there's nothing like wrong with that. It's, it's, it's called being human. It's called being alive. But here's what I've discovered, is that the order of the labels are what's really important. Like, which one comes first? That is the big question, is what label actually comes first? Because whatever is first on that list affects every other thing underneath that. And here's even the bigger question, is who determines what's first on your list? Do you get to determine what's first on your list? Does somebody else get to speak that over you? Is it your parents that decide that? Here's what I'm asking our church to do over the next five to six weeks. I'm asking us as a church to lean in and say, you know what we've decided? Is to at least be open to the fact that God and God's word gets to determine what's on that list. And that we are going to lean in to whatever he says that we are. Because the only person who has the right to define you is the one who created you. And so we're just going to be people that over the next few weeks say, you know what? I've just decided to let the one who designed me define me. And so today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, um, I believe the very first thing that God would say to us, that if we were to say, hey, what should be first on our list? I think this is the first thing he would say. He would say this, and here's the title of the message. You are a son, and you are a daughter. That's what he would say. Like, what should be first on your list? The fact that I am your father, and you are my kids. You are my son. You are my daughter, and that trumps everything else. Let me show you this in God's word. Matthew chapter three, starting in verse 13, it says, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. And let me pause right there and just say, if you need another reason why you should be baptized is because Jesus himself did it. I want you to know that when you make a decision to follow Jesus, that it's to follow Jesus. It's not just for him to be your savior so that you can get your fire insurance and one day go to heaven, which is awesome, but it's also making him your Lord, which means you follow him in everything. And he got baptized. So um, it's what it says, verse 13, and Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And here's what the NIV says in that last verse. It says, and this is, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Now, this is the story of Jesus getting baptized. We're going to celebrate in just a few minutes people getting baptized. Well, this is Jesus's story of getting baptized. You can also find this, by the way, in Mark chapter one and Luke chapter three. And Jesus at this time is 30 years old. 
And what makes this baptism significant is that it actually kicks off his public ministry that he would do for the next three years before he would go to the cross. And he gets baptized by a guy named John. Now, John is not this same John that was a disciple of Jesus, John who wrote the book of John in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. This is the John that's commonly known as John the Baptist. And now, this is not the first time that they've met. They actually go way, way, way back. In fact, they grew up together. But here's the thing that's so cool. Before they ever saw each other, they knew each other. Go back and read Luke chapter one. It's so interesting because you see John's mom, Elizabeth, when she was pregnant with John, came into the same room as Jesus's mom, Mary, when she was pregnant with Jesus. And when that happened, when John in her belly, when, when she got close to Mary, the mother of Jesus, John inside of her belly just went, woo! It actually says that like the baby leaped within her. Now, here's why this is so significant, because it wasn't just a normal kick from a wiggling baby that was about to be born. This was a kick of prophetic declaration saying that the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah, the Prince of Peace is in the same room as me, and he's about to do something special that's going to change the world. So John, by the time that Matthew 3 happens, and they have this encounter, Like, he knows exactly who Jesus is. Like, that's the Savior. And that's why he tries to talk him out of getting baptized. He's like, no, 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 no. No, me baptize you? No. Like, like you should be the one baptizing all of us. And he tries to convince him. But Jesus says, listen, John, John the B, you don't understand. I've got to do this. Like, the Old Testament actually talked about, this is something that I have to do. So he gets baptized. And the Bible says that the heavens, they open up. And the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. And God audibly says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And this right here is my favorite moment in the Bible of God as a father. Now, I don't know how you view God. But I do know that your view of God will determine your relationship with God. And in my humble yet accurate opinion, I believe the most accurate view of God is a loving father. Now, here's what I know is as soon as I said that, for some of you, that's really hard for you to receive. Because that even that word, father, dad, is a bad word. It's a word that has so much hurt, pain, disappointment that's connected to it. Maybe you grew up with an absent dad or a distant dad or a harsh dad. Maybe even right now, your relationship with your dad is a, is a broken relationship. But listen, no matter what your experience is with your earthly father, God is still a good, loving, heavenly father. That's who he is. And when you understand that God is a loving father, you will understand that you are his loved son and that you are his loved daughter. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, this Matthew chapter three, this Jesus' baptism, this is all about Jesus being his son. That doesn't talk about me and you being his son, and you're right. 
But the Bible is also very crystal clear that because of what Jesus would go on to do on the cross, him defeating death, hell, and the grave, him paying for our sins, restoring our relationship with him, that when we put our faith in Jesus, we are now considered sons and daughters of God. In fact, let me show you John chapter 1. In verse 12 through 13, by the way, I'm about to pepper some verses here that absolutely lit me up this week. So open up your heart and receive this from the word of God. John chapter one, verse 12 and 13, it says, but to all who believed him and accepted him. So if you have made the decision to follow Jesus, to put your faith into Jesus, to give him your life, he is talking to you right now in this verse. To all who believed him and accepted him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Ephesians chapter one, verse four and five, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Galatians chapter three, verse 26, it says, for you are all children of God. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, Galatians chapter four, verse four through seven, it says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father, which is like dad. It's a very intimate term. And then then he goes on to say in verse seven, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Listen, listen. Because of Jesus, because of what he has done for us, you are his son and you are his daughter of the most high God. That's who you are. So young man, let me just tell you, you are his son. Young lady, let me eyes. you are his daughter. You are his son and you are the daughter of the most high God. Smile, that's good news. But the question is, what does it look like in our everyday lives? If we're gonna stand on this principle throughout this series that when you know who you are, you will know what to do. So what does that mean for our lives? What does it look like to be a son and to be a daughter? Well, let's look exactly what happened in Matthew chapter three. In verse 17, this is what it says. It says, and a voice from heaven, God said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And in one sentence, God gave Jesus three things that he gives us, his sons and his daughters today. And the first thing he gives, I'm just gonna rapid fire these things, is unconditional acceptance. It's where he says, this is my son. I give you unconditional acceptance. Second thing he gives 
is unconditional affection. Where he says, whom I love. Like, I love you. I give you unconditional affection. This love, like Romans 8 says, that nothing can separate you from this love. There's nothing you can do to make him stop loving you. This unconditional acceptance, affection, and then number three, unconditional affirmation. Where he says to Jesus, with him, I am well pleased. Now, here's what blows me completely away about him receiving that is that God gave him that. God gave him unconditional acceptance, affection, and affirmation before he did anything. Like, don't forget, this was at the very beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. Like, he was, like, pun intended, wet behind the ears in ministry. That's so bad, isn't it? That's so bad. But, like, this was before he did anything. This is before he performed any miracles, before he healed anybody, before he raised people from the dead, before he helped blind people see. It's before he preached any sermons, before he shared any bomb parables. It's before he fed 5,000 people with just a happy meal. It's before he walked on water, before he, he turned water into wine. It's before he, he went to the cross, before he died for our sins, and before he walked out of an empty tomb defeating death, hell, and the grave. It's before he did anything, guys. Before anything, he had unconditional acceptance, unconditional affection, and unconditional affirmation from God the Father. And let me just tell you, the same is true for you. That before you do anything, before you ever did anything, on day one, God gives you his sons and his daughters unconditional acceptance, unconditional affection, and unconditional affirmation. And more than just telling you what, I want you to know why. I want you to know why he gives that to you from day one, because he wants you to know from day one that there's literally nothing that you can do to earn that. And not only that, he wants you to know every day after that, that there's nothing you can do, like you, can't, like you don't have to do anything to keep it. He wants you to know from day one that there's nothing that you could have done to earn that, and then that there's nothing that you have to do every day after that to keep it. You have it. You don't have to have perfect church attendance. You don't have to finish a Bible reading plan that's real beefy. Like you, don't, you don't have to give like a certain amount of money. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to do all those things. You don't have to be in three to four groups this semester. You don't have to finish the growth track or serve and make a difference on the dream team. You don't have to become a missionary at a Yugoslavian orphanage. Like you don't have to do any of that stuff. Like you got it. In fact, that Ephesians passage says, before the earth was created, you had that. And that's because... Like, you have, get this, please get this. It's actually because you having that unconditional acceptance, affection, and affirmation is based on who God is, not based on what you do. It is based on his character, not your performance. Which means that with God, your heavenly father, you have the greatest gift in any relationship that you could ever have, and that's nothing to prove and nothing to lose. I'm telling you, those are the best relationships. When you know deep down, I don't have anything to prove right now. I don't have anything to lose right now. 
And I'm telling you, you have that with God. And when you understand that, it literally changes everything. Instead of living your life for acceptance and affection and affirmation, which is so easy to do, to live your life striving and trying to do all these things so that other people can like you, so that other people will affirm you, so that other people will give you what deep in every single one of us God put inside of us to crave. Like it's so easy for us, instead of living your life for that acceptance, affection, affirmation, now you can live from that acceptance and affirmation and affection. Let me put it this way, that instead of your activity determining your identity, your identity can determine your activity. In other words, that like a lot of times what we do is what we do determines who we are. So when I'm doing all the right things and doing all the good things, I, I really like who I am. But when I don't, then I'm awful. But when you know that I have my identity, then I can do all the things out of that. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you get that, it changes everything. This verse was so powerful to me this week. Romans chapter 8. I hope this speaks directly to your soul today in verse 14 through 16. It says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received, and I pray that you receive this right now, the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. Now, I grew up in church that was a big part of my story. Maybe that's your story. Come on up here, man. I know it's super awkward. How you doing, man? I'm you my man. Lay it down, lay it down. Get, get spiritual up in here, okay? Make it feel good. <laughs> I know, he's like, stop it. It's like. <clears throat> but maybe that is your story. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you didn't. But I can tell you what my experience was growing up in church. It meant that I heard stuff like this a lot where I would have people like me just say over and over again, things like God loves you, you're his son, you're his daughter, it's who you are, let me tell you who you are. You have that unconditional acceptance and affirmation from God. Now here's the thing, a lot of times when you hear something over and over again, it can kind of like bounce off your heart. And it's so easy for it to, like the weight and the gravity of certain phrases and certain words, especially if you've been in this church thing for a while, because you know when to say amen, you know when to do all the things, you know. But what I'm hoping today is that you will hear this fresh and anew and let it hit your heart in such a real way. Because the truth is I grew up in church and I heard that over and over again. I, I knew it, but let me tell you, I didn't fully understand that until I became a dad. 
My wife Heather is sitting on the front row. We've been married almost 18 years and we have two little boys, two little consequences of passion. Oh, we love them so much. We have Jordan who's 10 and Caleb who's seven and there they are. They look like teenagers in that picture. (laughs) Can't believe how how big they're getting. And um, I was thinking this week about the day that they were born and Jordan was born on August 11th, 2011, 2011, yep. And then Caleb was born on May 31st, 2014. And here's a picture from those days. Uh, Here's the thing about both those pictures is that they were the first picture that anybody took of them. That's me holding them. Of course, I had my phone out because I'm like, I gotta get this. But they were like, like fresh into the world. <laughs> like within two minutes of me holding them, I'm taking that picture. And um, in that moment, that was like a blur. All of a sudden, no kid, then all of a sudden, got a kid, and they're in my hand. And I just remember looking down, of course, t- taking the picture, got to get it for the gram, you know, and uh, got to... <laughs> But both of those pictures are the very first times that I held my son. And they weren't even existing for more than two minutes. And I immediately thought, looking down at them, I love you so much. If you're a parent, you probably had that experience where within moments, look down like I love you so much and get this they had done nothing to earn it they hadn't done anything for me they didn't help me with anything they hadn't paid a bill (laughs) they had done nothing except exist that's it And this was the first time in my life where I didn't have to choose to love somebody. If you think about it, almost every relationship that you have, that you would attach that word love to, you chose to love them. He dated you, courted you, and then eventually you're like, okay, I love you. This was the first time in my life that I didn't have to choose to love, I just did. Let me put it this way. I could not not love them. And to this day, there's nothing that they could do to change that. And I remember holding them in that moment and God speaking so clearly to my heart, that's exactly how I love you. I know that you've grown up hearing that over and over again. I love you, I love you, God loves you, he's your father, do all these things. But now do you get it? That's exactly how I love you. And church, here's what I want you to hear. I'm here to tell you today that that's how God the Father loves you. 
That's how he loves you. Unconditional acceptance, unconditional affection, unconditional affirmation. Why? Because you're his kid, you're his son, and you're his daughter. And he's here saying, I love you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And in just a moment, we're going to respond. But before we do that, I want to carve out just a moment and just quiet your soul, quiet your mind. And then I just want to just ask you to pray this prayer, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey. Will you just ask God right where you're at? What are you saying to me today? What are you speaking directly to me? Maybe ask him, like, what does my response need to be to this message? And let me tell you what I believe that my response is to this message. It's because, you know, God is giving those things. He's given that unconditional acceptance and affection and affirmation. But what I've learned is that we still have to receive it. And so I just want to lead you in something with your eyes closed and so I want to lead you in receiving that all over again, really fresh and anew. Maybe you've never received this, but just right where you are, I want to encourage you to pray this. Just say, God, right now, I receive your unconditional acceptance. Like I receive that unconditional, I don't have to do anything acceptance and hear him speak this back to you. I accept you. Sir, I accept you. Ma'am, I accept you. I accept you for who you are. I accept you. There's things that, yeah, I want you to look more like me, but right now, you just need to know I accept you. I accept you. Maybe right there where you're at, just pray this, just say, God, I receive your unconditional affection. I receive it right now. And hear him say this, I love you. I always have. I always will. I love you. Son, daughter, I love you. Don't reject that. Don't let that bounce off your heart today. I love you. You've been working and trying to get other people to love you. And I love you. I love you. And then just pray, God, I receive your unconditional affirmation. I receive it right now. I know for me, there's so many times that my soul craves affirmation. Like I want people to tell me I'm doing a good job. I want people to tell me that they're proud of me. I want people to say, good job. And I want you to hear this from God himself today. He's saying, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, young lady. I'm proud of you, young man. I am proud of you. I affirm you. You're doing a good job. And just know today that there's nothing that you can do to earn that. And there's nothing that you can do to lose it. And God, with you, we truly have 
nothing to prove and nothing to lose. Now, maybe you're here and with every eye still closed, maybe you're here and you need to get right with God. Maybe you find yourself at church and you are so far from God right now. Maybe you've never given him your life. You've never made that decision. Or maybe you have in the past, but today you just need a fresh start. You need to say, God, I want to give you my life all over again. And Listen, today, everything can change. You can walk out of this room different. You can experience God's love and his grace and his forgiveness, his acceptance, his affection and his affirmation. And we're not gonna point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just wanna lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you're here and you know, I need to get right with God, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, I'm gonna ask you to boldly put your hand up on the count of three and say, include me in that prayer. That's my decision today. And I ask you to raise your hand as a step of faith, raising a hand of surrender, saying, God, I need you in my life. And if you're here and that's you, I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air on the count of three, one, two, three. If that's you, just put it up. I got you. That's awesome. Anybody else? I got you. I got you. That's awesome. So proud of you. So proud of you right there. That's great. Anybody else? Yeah. If you're watching online, maybe that's you. Just right where you're at. Just say, that's me. That's me. And just pray this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived in my life without you, whether it's been my whole life or whether it's been for a season. Would you, would you come live inside me? And will you change me? I can't do that myself. Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. And Jesus, right now, I receive your grace. I receive your acceptance and your affection, your affirmation. And I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you lived a perfect life, that you died a death that was for me. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And today I choose to make you my savior and my Lord. Today I choose to follow you. And God, you need to know that we are so grateful for Jesus, that it's because of Jesus that we can be adopted into the family of God. We thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through him that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, there was about four to five people that just made the greatest decision of their lives. So come on, can you celebrate with them? Amen. It's awesome. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.